Are you a CrossFit coach or maybe a box owner looking to learn more about nutrition? You want to help support the athletes that come to your box, maybe have some one-on-one clients. And we all know nutrition is the foundation. We all talk about the theoretical hierarchy of the development of an athlete. And nutrition is at the base. It's like building a house. You can't build the attic first. You can't worry about performance and sport without working on the foundation. And that's what nutrition is. So maybe you're a coach, maybe you're a box owner, maybe you're just an athlete looking to potentially earn a little more income, develop a new income stream as a nutrition coach. Well, you could check out the Own Your Eating Certificate course. We review fundamental nutrition principles, as well as teaching you how to implement flexible eating, that's macro counting, and assist others with their tracking of macros. The cool thing about it is you're going to learn so much for yourself. Even if you didn't want to coach anyone else, but you simply wanted to learn more about tracking macros, you will get so much out of this course. It'll be the last thing you ever have to read, study, purchase, because you're going to get so much information. As well as sharing nutrition experience with you, Own Your Eating will also teach you how to coach others so that you can really make a difference with the people in your community and your lives. Maybe you need to finally get your mom to track macros. Maybe it's your best friend. Maybe you you put on the quarantine 15 and you're looking to just lose a few LBs, a few pounds yourself. This will teach you all of that. And the cool thing about macros, the cool thing about the way in which we at On Your Eating teach you is it's really sustainable. The business setup and marketing strategies are also included. So if you do really want to make this a side deal or a side hustle, You'll, you'll have all the tools you'll ever need to do. And in addition to that, if you're a level three CrossFit coach, you can earn CEUs to help you revalidate. And we also give CEUs for NASM as well as AFA. So you can check that out. For me, every few years, I need to re-up my L4, you know, no big deal, L4 coach, but this will help you do it. So If you're interested in learning more about the Own Your Eating Certificate course, you can go to courses.ownyoureating.com. Or if you just go to ownyoureating.com, right up in the header there, it says become a coach. You can click on that. And with the code BESTHOUR, that's B-E-S-T-H-O-U-R, BESTHOUR, you'll get 15% off. Go check it out now. I was the one, along with Roz, who helped put this all together. So... I really understand that if you have questions for me about it, of course, you can reach out, but I really believe in it. I've put hundreds of people through this course. It's the way I learned how to track macros. It's the way I've been tracking macros for over five years, and I think you will absolutely love it. So go check it out again, courses.ownyoureating.com, and use that code BESTHOUR for 15% off. Let's roll Adam. Adam Fight back on the Best Hour of Their Day podcast, representing Precision Nutrition. Welcome back. It's an honor to be back, man. I will be completely transparent. This is the best hour of my day. I got a lot going on, and I've been excited to to get back and talk with you, man. You guys busy over at Precision Nutrition? Are people trying to get their lives together during this pandemic? Strange enough, uh, there's a lot of people out there that need our help. But it's amazing what a pandemic and furloughs and the shift to online work has done in the nutrition industry. So, yeah, we're busy. We're working on a lot of projects right now. And hopefully 
bringing some positivity and purpose to 2020. I know it hasn't been easy for a lot of us, myself included, but uh, very fortunate. We had a little jump start on this remote work thing. So very, very lucky to have that. Yeah, you guys were already working from home, right? One of those few companies, maybe not a few companies, but one of the companies that didn't have to pivot too much. Yeah, it's interesting because I was finishing up school. I'm finishing up my dissertation right now. And everybody at the college and university were like, all right, we're going to try this Zoom thing and we're going to do Zoom tutorials. And you've got your classic, you know, old school professors muted and trying to talk and they look like that. And so, yeah, we, we had a little bit of a head start. So I've done some, some tutorials for our coaching staffs and whatnot. And using Slack. So again, very lucky. Didn't have to change too much. I think if anything, it was just the hours of the day because the kids were now home a lot more than we anticipated. So yeah, you're, uh, you're a teacher now as well. Yeah. But your so, kids are young, right? They're not at the school age. They're uh, well, they're eight and six. They're oh, going to be so eight they and are, six. Yeah. yeah. So we are, we're, and we're not exactly at like that Google Chrome laptop Chromebook type thing stage yet. So my partner and I, we would rotate in terms of, you know, ideally I wanted to do like health, nutrition and PE because that's my background. So, you know, we're playing games all day, but I had to throw in some of the, the concrete math and science and reading things. But yeah, we turned our, our home office upstairs into my wife's office and kind of the kid's office. They booted me downstairs. So I'm kind of like on the other side of the playroom now, but it works out. But yeah, a couple changes in schedules, you know, you, you adapt and overcome. That's what great coaches do. What was something you had to teach the kids that you completely forgot that's like kindergarten? Because they're eight <laughs> and six, so I'm assuming they're what, kindergarten, maybe second grade? What are they? Yeah, exactly. That was it. Yeah, my son was seven. Uh, so they were seven and five during this. My son just had a birthday. And so, yeah, we had kindergarten for my five-year-old and we had second grade for uh, obviously my seven-year-old. One thing I still can't figure it out is the, I don't know what they even they're called, but like we learned two letters next to each other, like CK, right? Or SH, like they're called a certain thing. And I'm trying to teach them that, but they have a completely different language. They call them like uh, fundamentals, but it's a diagraphs. I don't even know if that's it. We could probably look it up, but I was like, oh yeah, like this. And he's like, no dad, that's, that's a digraph. I'm like, what's a digraph? So that, and then actually fractions. I had to get back into fractions because I've been removed from that so much. Like I'm not fixing things in my garage because my gym's in there. So it's not like I'm pulling out seven days socket wrenches. And so yeah, fractions and multiple syllable sounds with kids. No problem so for them. But I was like, what am I doing? Like an SH, like a... You yeah, gotta, gotta... like, but you had to, there was a term that was like, if it's followed by a vowel and preceded by a vowel, it's a completely different rule, you know, kind of like the I before E except after C and it sounds like my name, but I just threw me for a complete loop. So uh, we actually, my mother-in-law is a retired teacher. So, you know, we got on a couple face uh book videos because she doesn't have zoom and, and we got it we got it ironed out but she knows zoom is free it's just easy she, quick download yeah yeah we figured that out and uh i gotta tell you i, I mean i don't want to speak for other companies but man i've done some skypes lately and i i, I started kind of thinking like what where's skype been like they, they kind of had like a 10-year head start on this remote video conferencing thing and 
I feel nobody's talking about it whatsoever. Yeah, it was definitely one of those instances where Skype was the verb, right? Like back in the day, like, you know, how old are you? 35, just so turned 35. Well, happy birthday. I mean, you're a few years Excellent. younger than me, but you probably still remember the Jetsons. You know, like yeah. when we were watching that, it was like syndication before school. But it's like one day you'll be able to talk to somebody on the phone and you'll see them in person, you know? And it was like, okay, Skype is here, it's happening. And you're right. Like, I think it's, is it just one of those companies that didn't evolve with, with the times? Like, what did Zoom do that they jumped over, they leapfrogged Skype? Mm -hmm. What did, do you, well, I mean, what is your, I mean, my answer is, I, I think it came down to ease of finding people. That'd be my number one thing. You know, I used to set up Skypes for these calls and it's like, what's your number? What's your username? Where are you? Got to find you. And it was a pain in the ass where now it's like, here's my room, hop in and we can record. I think honestly, man, that is the number one thing. And it, the same thing holds true with nutrition, right? Is if you create resistance towards buying a product or delivering services or getting results, the more resistance you create, the more resistance you're going to get back to you right? So like you said, username and best number to reach you at. And then you have to add them as a friend, right? And then you're looking at your list. I haven't used Skype in years. And I'm like, what's all the spam messages for? So I think that was it, it, the lower barrier of entry and the ease of use. Like I can send a link, join at any time. I can do breakout sessions. Uh, that was crucial working with like students and athletes. Like, hey, we're going to talk about this and we're gonna record it from here, but then I'm gonna send you off and do your own thing. So I didn't buy any stock in Zoom. I kind of missed that bandwagon, but it's been a really great tool. And I think it's made a lot of things a lot easier now, especially with what's been happening. Yeah, I have a handful of people that still send me like Skype requests for calls. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. And, and you're absolutely right, you know, to tie it into nutrition, it's the nice thing about zoom is and, and along with what you guys do well at precision nutrition is it's these baby steps by the mm -hmm. time by the time i realize i'm on a diet you've reeled me in i've made like 20 different decisions that have made it easier same with zoom like okay my first time i get on it oh that was easy now maybe i'll use it again next time oh now there's a record feature now there's a chat so you're learning all just like nutrition you know it's it's the difference between hey, wake up and have a glass of water to start your new diet. And hey, guys, we need you to weigh, measure, do X, Y, and Z. And it's overwhelming. And now you're the Skype of nutrition. Is that, that's a bad, I hope, I hope no one from Skype is listening because that was a bad <laughs> <laughs> But I do hope but people it, from Zoom are listening and get me Absolutely, some absolutely. Get some sponsorships going. Uh, you can reach us at, you know. <laughs> but I, it really lends itself to like where you're going with that in terms of the automaticity of the habit forming process, right? I found myself, I don't know how, you know, because I know you're doing a lot of work uh, well within the space, but like, hey, can we chat real quick? I'm like, yeah, no problem. And I'd send them a Zoom link. And I met with a lot of resistance with some people like, oh, hey, can we just like hop on the phone real quick? Or like, can you just, you know, shoot me a text? I was like, oh yeah, my fault. Like I'm just so used to like, yeah, let's, let's get a quick zoom in. And so I think when you're trying, when you're in new territory, right? The, you can do the big kahuna, right? Like what's the biggest thing I can change right now? I'm sure a lot of us, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, Jason, on like, what's happened for you and the people you've worked with in terms of like this COVID era of nutrition. 
are they reaching for the big kahuna, the thing that's going to be the major roadblock out of their way? Or are they continuously grabbing like the low-hanging fruits and building up the success and finding the bright spots and building momentum to carry them through? And I think a lot of that has, that was really evident in this remote process of trying to figure everything working out. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest obstacles with coaching people and with anyone learning it and trying to improve their nutrition is it's one of those things where there's so much information out there. They hear from their friends, their family, you know, for example, I'm doing carnivore right now, just testing it out. And people may see my results and be like, I'm doing carnivore where it's like, no, 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 no. I've been doing this nutrition thing a very long time. Mm -hmm. So you jumping to carnivore probably isn't going to work the same way it is for me. Let's go with, Hey, let's eat only good quality foods for a month. Then let, you know, people want the results and they want them yesterday versus realizing, Hey, we have to chip away at them. I love that. I, I want to hear more about that because I know the last time we chatted, we talked briefly about that. I know you've had some carnivore guests on since then and uh, Mark Bell had been on. I know Joe Rogan did a podcast on it, but I, I think you bring light to a good point here is what you're doing right now isn't the lead in generation option for a lot of people because you have the experience. You've done the reps with all other various forms of eating, right? So I know in coaching, you know, a lot of people ask me, Hey, what books are you reading? I want to know like what you're doing to get better. And it's like, you have to understand, you have to read all of these other books to understand the books I'm reading now and, and getting those reps in throughout that process. So uh, I think that's, that's really evident in the nutrition diet world as well. What do you do to get people to understand that? Cause it's hard. It's a hard balance. Somebody comes to you and they're ready to make this change and you have to actually tell them to slow it down. And they might be like, wait, I'm mm -hmm. ready. Like, let me do it all. But you have to explain to them, hey, if you do everything I tell you, this is going to last three days. I think it's a, a little bit of a balance of meeting them where they're at, which I think is a majority of what a great coach should do, right? You don't want to stretch them out too much. But also add in an element of that there is some challenge, there is something out of their reach, like any good goal would be, right? And let them experiment throughout that process. That's something that I've seen a lot with the university and youth athletes I've worked with, right? They're ready for the supplements. They're ready for the nutrient timing and the macro splits and coaches tell me my macros, I'll make it work. And so maybe I do start off with like, hey, this is kind of the ballpark number I'm working with because you want to do this but I'm gonna break it up simple for you so you can do that. Do you think you can really crush this right now? Because if you crush this, we're just gonna to continue to move forward. So I think it's an element of giving them what they need while also kind of masquerading it with what they want. And obviously that's gonna change with every client that you work with. Yeah, giving them those little wins like we talked about last time. What, what has been from your end on Precision Nutrition some of the biggest things that you've noticed in the in the nutrition space when it came to the quarantine you know for example there's the quarantine 15 you know reminiscent of the freshman 15 in college and i you know i went through it i don't know if you went i did the you know ups and downs of i'm gonna eat whatever i want i'm gonna do a fast i'm gonna get back to normal i'm gonna do carnivore so i was all over the place a little bit it was tough it's it, the motivation was gone for a lot of people I think for so many people, when you're going to the gym and you're doing your diet and your nutrition is, is dialed in, they work together. 
Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people found when I removed one, the, the training aspect, for some reason, mentally, it was a little bit harder to stay focused. That could have just been me being, you know, chubby by nature, my fat kid at heart. Um, and, and just been like, I was crushing nuts and more. I don't know if you know what nuts and more is. It's a peanut, it's a brand of peanut butter stuff, right? Or it's, yeah, more it's, butters. yeah, but they had this cake batter one and it's so it's calorically awesome. dense. It's delicious. <laughs> yeah. But I was crushed. I mean, I was, we were ordering, you know, four on Amazon every couple of days. It seemed like. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of things come up for me here. Number one. Yeah. The freshman 15, you're talking to a guy that gained the freshman 50. Okay. Did you? I did as well. Five zero. I Mostly came in. Free beer. Miller High Life and Easy Mac were just staples of my diet as a college football player who had to gain weight. So we laugh about that now. And I've had my ups and downs, right? I've always been a naturally bigger guy. Like I usually sit, you know, between 105, 115 kilos and 230 plus, like just naturally bigger guy. And the freshman 15 and now the quarantine 15, I'm actually on track to lose, uh, you know, quarantine 50 because I've been able to really dial things back down to really get back to some routines and rituals and just strategies that I ignored because I was so, I kept telling myself I was so busy that I didn't have time to do all that. Right. So as you're going through that process and I'm learning, you know, in psychology, we call that the fresh start effect. That's why Mondays are so popular to start over, right? That's why tomorrow morning is so instrumental in changing. January 1, it's the same thing. And I found myself at the beginning of quarantine, especially, right? There's, there were no health foods available, right? It was all of my childhood favorites. It were bagel bites. It was Hot Pockets. It was, you know, microwavable pizzas and whatnot. And so I tried to validate to myself, like, well, that's, that's all the grocery store has, right? Like, I got to eat it. And then I just kept doing it. So I had a little bit of a wake-up call and realized I was going to be graduating soon and, you know, again, practice what we preach and do a little bit better job and got it together. So still on that path and just very fortunate I've, I've got the support and the time now to do that. And that's something I'm going to hopefully keep doing. Is it hard for you? You got a eight and a six-year-old and I imagine they like those foods that you also like the mm-hmm. easy foods I mean you you just when you said bagel bites and hot pockets it was like you brought know, you back didn't it yeah it brought you back. <laughs> and, and, and it's so funny I think about it like you go through those waves I remember after college when you're like you know don't have a lot of money and you're trying to eat and you're like I'll buy a lean pocket because that's good for you yeah and I'll make a big I'll make a bagel pizza but i'll put low-fat cheese on it because that so you know everyone goes through those like what they think they're doing is healthy but i assume you have to keep some of those foods you can you can feed your kids really healthy but do you still have some of those foods around the house yeah absolutely and you know the kids have their cabinet that they go to it's been interesting because we've kind of built in a little bit of a routine so you know my wife she's prepping to teach right now our college is is back in live session in terms of they're going to start uh, instead of just remote or hybrid. So she's in teaching prep right now. So normally, you know, at 12 o'clock, I get as much work as I can in the morning. 12 o'clock hits, I take the kids for lunch. We do some activities. Then they go to movie time in the afternoon. But now movie time, like they got it down pat. Like now my wife, you know, she buys soft pretzels that are healthy. 
and then I make them popcorn and I get the bowls ready. Like they're, they're Pavlonian condition to like, once I smell popcorn, it's movie time. So we've got that routine down. And I think putting myself, and this is just me, and this may be some of the clients that you've worked with and I've worked with, I do really well with like hard stops, hard no's. I had a coach tell me once that we were talking about alcohol, you know, one becomes none until one becomes one. And it was so powerful for me to be like, hey, you can't have a cookie unless you can only have one. And you can continue to have it if that's only it, whatever the matter was be. But for a lot of people, they do better with little instrumental changes. Personally, me, I came up with a system of like, these are the things I'm going to do. These are the things I'm not going to do. I needed that. That's helped me a lot. So reaching in my kid's snack cabinet, like chips and salsa are my kryptonite. And I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just not going to do that. And so it's worked out. But notoriously, history has shown itself. If I don't have those kind of guardrails in place, it can, it can be exciting and debilitating at the same time. Well, it's funny you say that because that's kind of what led me to carnivore. You know, I, obviously the people you mentioned earlier, the Mark Bells and the Joe Rogans were influential in just hearing from them, seeing their results. And it was one day at breakfast, we were having bacon and eggs. And I was like, you know, when we finish X, Y, and Z that was in the pantry, I'll start carnivore. I said to my wife and she's like, no, just start today. And I was like, damn it. Like, you're right. Like, I'm just making excuses. <laughs> Nothing's going to go bad. The right. food's in the freezer. Um, but I like that idea and the principle of it's black and white. Is it meat? Mm. No, don't eat it. Yes, eat it. So, and that was part of it being in this quarantine and, and realizing, okay, I'm lacking a little bit of self-control. At night, I would chill out watching Netflix or, what you know, relaxing on the couch. And that's where I like, I, I like the carnivore for that reason. I don't think it's for everybody. And I don't know what the health sure. implications are going to be afterwards. But, but for right now, I like that idea of, you know, one is none. Yeah. And it's, again, like, it's not for everybody whatsoever. And I think, but for the most part, it, it can relieve a lot of the decision fatigue that comes in, right? I may come from a, a diet camp of there is no best diet. So whether it's carnivore, whether it's vegan, whether it's plant-based, whether it's a mixed macro diet, paleo, what have you, it does create opportunities for more possibilities, right? More options. Well, I can have this. And if I just use the low fat here, right? Uh, macros, I, for you know, a good six, eight weeks, I was doing some really, really detailed tracking. And I enjoyed it because I didn't have to cut out those foods that I previously had made forbidden. However, we have to realize as coaches that what is going to work in the best context of their life and most specifically, what are they going to be able to be able to keep sustainable? And so like you said, Hey, I'm doing this as an experiment. I am all about that. Love trying things right once, twice. If I like it three times, I don't know. We'll see, but it's important to, to give clients that autonomy and that opportunity for them to, to see how it works for them or else they're just going to continually ask you, what about this? What about that? give them an opportunity to, to see how it feels for them, you know? Yeah, and I, I've, I've always been hesitant ever since tracking and, and doing my macros to, to make a change to test things out because I was seeing a lot of success that I was worried that I would ruin it. And then I was like, well, I'm doing clients, listeners, other people a disservice if I'm not trying it myself to see whether I like it, what the results are to 
there may be something better out there. Yeah. And I can actually, I didn't do carnivore, but when game changers came out, I don't know if, did you see that on Netflix? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Everybody did. Right. Including all of my players, like at, at the college and all of a sudden, you know, in the group chats, like, Oh yeah, we're going to have the, the smallest and softest offensive line. Cause Sammy's eating vegan now. And, and he was getting no support, but I saw him change his behaviors and he's asked me, you know, he's worried like everybody else was, am I getting enough protein? Is this going to affect my hormone levels? And just like you, I was like, you know what? I eat primarily plant-based. I, I eat a lot of plants. I eat a ton of meat, but like, I'm always having a foundation of, of quality sources there, but let's do it. So I did a, a one week true vegan, 100%, lots of plant-based foods. And I felt pretty good but I had a better indication of maybe some of the challenges my clients would face. I had a better realization of how easy some components were and also how hard the other ones were. And that made me a better coach. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, when I was doing carnivore at first and I posted about it, I said, I'm going to do seven days and everybody kind of gave me some backlash of seven days isn't enough. You need to do 30, you need to do 90. And like you're saying for the plant-based diet, you're missing the point. In those seven days, I can learn a lot. I can learn, hey, by the way, if you don't prepare food, that's going to be a struggle on carnivore versus macros where I can just grab something out of the pantry, you know, or, hey, this is something I found works really well. You're lear you do learn a lot of these tips and tricks and, and things to look out for that you can help your, you know, whether it's a football player or, you know, a 50-year-old housewife you learn these things by testing and trying. And I suppose that doesn't matter whether it's nutrition or fitness, you need, you need to, you need to be battle tested and you need to really be open-minded in that. It's mm -hmm. when you mentioned game changers, that's one of those things that took a backseat during this quarantine. It was like top of mind. And then all of a sudden pandemic happened. You don't hear anything about it anymore. I mean, it's mine since almost a year ago at this point, but, but still it kind of fell off. Well, and it's amazing how, and I think we, we talked about it, we have an article on our website, but that's always going to come in, right? You look at the history of documentaries like that, because they're built to, you know, really rivet the audience and challenge the norm and get people to start thinking about it. But what do you see now? Now you log into Netflix, and I'm guilty of it too, right? The top 10 things people are watching, and you're like, boom, all right, well, Umbrella Academy it is, right? Do you or like that show? Ah, I'm still watching it, so I guess so. <laughs> that's kind of one that's like... It's a little out there, though. My, my wife and I watch it, and uh, it's interesting. It it's on my is. radar. It's on my radar to, to watch. I went through... I watched all 23 Marvel movies over the quarantine. And that was like, you know, each movie took a day or two. You know, I'd watch an hour or so. So that really monopolized yeah. a lot of my chill time. And now that I'm done with it, I'm like, okay, what what next and umbrella academy was one of those things i don't know if the listeners have some recommendations for me of course just you, know, you can always find some obscure movie on netflix and disney and all that but i was i don't have anything guiding me right now yeah well i i'd be curious to hear that so hopefully when this gets launched i get some recommendations too but i uh, i went through a spell of homeland we watched all eight or nine seasons of homeland and that that took a while and then I actually finally, for the first time in my life, we watched all the Star Wars movies. Probably in the wrong Disney. order. Did you watch, did you get Disney or something? For Disney, kids? Disney Plus, man. Yeah, it yeah. Was, we're, we're Verizon customers and it was on that's, and kids loved it. So That's what we did. So what order did you watch the Star Wars? I want to say we watched the 
original. So I guess the traditional order, right? So what's that? Four? No, I'm sorry. So how many are there? There's eight? Nine. You're not a okay, Star nine. Wars fan. You're going right. to get a lot not, of hate. Oh, I, I didn't say I was a fan. I just said I finally watched them. <laughs> um, so let's see. Four, five, and six were technically the first three, correct? Correct. So A New Hope, Empire yep. Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Look at you. Love I you it, know, man. and I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I don't know the <laughs> intricacies and the details, but I know enough that I can, you know, come on. my way into Comic-Con. I, you got a Stormtrooper helmet right to the side. <laughs> don't you put it on. Let them know. Um, so I think we watched it seven, eight, and then went four, five, six, one, two, three, and then finally nine. Because nine, I think, had just come out and it wasn't ready yet so we had to kind of wait until it was legal and whatnot so but it was you know we'd probably watch it all in order again but it was it was great to just see the kids kind of you know my son's eight now he was seven watching it it can get pretty pretty interesting and violent but the whole i think like anything storytelling can can do so much for change and you have the galaxy and what's happening and where is luke and and how did this all get here Oh, you can create your, your client's story as well. And I think by having those key pivotal moments in their journey, it keeps them engaged and, and invested in the long haul. So what would be one of the key moments in Luke Skywalker's journey that would be relatable to a client? I'm glad you asked that, Jason. So uh, in episode <laughs> eight. Did you, did you have that written down somewhere? No, I didn't. <laughs> but, I, and again, I don't know which one this is. Uh, there is a component where Luke feels lost right like I'm just gonna throw myself to the other side of the galaxy I'm gonna do my own fresh start I'm going to leave the life that I've lived and just not deal with it anymore and I'm you know this is completely on the spot so I hope this is matching what you're, you're looking for here but I think that's very applicable to how clients may attribute food with how maybe they're coping, especially during a time like this, right? We, we've seen a natural uptick in emotional and stress eating. So what have I done? What have some of our clients done? A majority of people is they engage in these behaviors, these maladaptive eating behaviors to temporarily block the pain, the discomfort, the stress that they're feeling in hopes of a new beginning. And as we know- A new hope. Boom, you like how I did that, right? It, <laughs> it doesn't end up that way for a lot of them. So that would be my comparison of Star Wars to eating during the pandemic. How'd I do? I think that was good. Like I said, I'm not, my, you know, my Stormtrooper helmet's a little dusty over there, but it's, <laughs> I'm not, in, but I think what's interesting is the, the reason someone can enjoy Star Wars like me, that's not like deep into it. It's like, it's the hero's journey that you guys talk about, any good coach talks about. And it's, it's why, someone can get sucked into this story for nine movies and or more and if you're a coach you need to probably figure that out for your clients and maybe you know write it down maybe it becomes part of your business model maybe it becomes just how you handle people but you're you're on their journey and that's i think for a lot of coaches what they have to remember this isn't about you what can we do for luke or leia or chewy you know we we need to we need to think about it and everyone's journey might be a little bit different as well. Yeah, and I think you could take that into a series, right? Like on Netflix, for instance, you know, I went through Homeland and, you know, the evolution of a character, right? You grow accustomed to the downfalls and, and their successes and attributes and how they change. You know, Carrie was a, 
schizophrenic CIA agent that just incredible how it changed or Breaking Bad, for instance, right? Like the evolution and the changes in the characters, like you talked about that hero's journey, understanding and applying that to your client's journey. They're not always going to be the hero that saves the day. Uh, they may be the villain in their own thoughts and, and feelings or behaviors, or they may cause destruction in their own life or somebody else's, but accepting them for who they are and consciously bringing them back to a state of acceptance and understanding, that's what's going to keep you in the game for the long haul. I was watching old episodes of Howard Stern on YouTube recently. Like until I find something new, I kind of just like mindlessly binge, you know, at night chilling out. And there was an episode with Artie Lang, who was a heroin addict. And Dr. Drew was on the show, who many people would know as like- Loveline. Yeah, Loveline back in the day. Mm -hmm. And it was really, you know, as I'm watching this kind of just really zoning out and I getting ready for bed, I'm like, wow, this dude, Dr. Drew is so empathetic and it was really like eye-opening to me about him and what makes a good doctor and coach you know because I'm watching I'm like how is he like so sappy like he's just like into it and like compassionate and like you know things that as men were like we don't want these attributes and now you realize hey these are really important characteristics to have to make you not only a better coach but a better human being and I think that's part of what makes a good coach? If you don't have that ability to, to be compassionate, to be empathetic, to, to put yourself in their shoes and, and, and look back on their history and their life and figure out why they're acting this way, you're not going to last in this industry very long. Yeah, I actually, I've got a note. I just pulled it up because we we're working on some materials and we were talking about like, you know, the power of empathy. And I remembered a book that I, I'm sure you, To Kill a, a Mockingbird, remember that one from old school grammar, you know, maybe high school, middle school. I think English. it was freshman year in high school, we had to read yeah. To Kill a Mockingbird. I think I watched the movie with Gregory Peck instead. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I forgot, and I was, you know, doing some research on kind of, you know, how people interpret it or maybe how it's portrayed in the media. And I have it on a sticky note uh, digitally on my computer. And it says Atticus Finch, uh, he tells young scout that you never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view, but until you climb into his skin and walk around in it. And like, that's why I commend you for doing things that maybe have some uh, naysayers and what are you doing and you're not doing it long enough. Hey, you want to understand how it feels in their skin. And I think as coaches, as we portray ourselves as people who maybe have struggled with their weight or you know, emotional stress management issues or, or just overall performance, you're going to make your clients understand that you're that much more relatable and authentic. And again, that's, it's going to develop a, a coach or client to athlete client coach relationship. That's like powerful. And that is like forge that can handle anything. What do you think about a coach putting on 50, 100 pounds to lose it in order to gain that? Oh in order yeah. To gain that, uh, connection and understanding is that the fit to fat to fit kind of coach I remember seeing that yeah and uh, I followed the story for a little bit but eventually like uh, blood lipids were atrocious felt really depressed uh, did it to understand how his clients were feeling and then ended up losing everything right yeah he got back in great shape I... yeah uh that's that's an interesting question I think well let, let's let's go back to the what's the original purpose is the original purpose to truly understand what it's like for a short time to help you become a better coach? Or is it a spinoff to show that you can do it with your great coaching, uh, that 
anybody can change their behaviors and habits. Because I think you can look at it from either side of the coin. I think temporarily, it might be a, a quick insight, kind of like a peek into their life. But I can tell you for somebody that struggled, you know, being an offensive lineman and then graduating from that, getting, getting fit and then growing up and trying to get fit again and now fit again and all that, it's a lot more than just a couple months. So does it, does it give you the authority to act on, on their behalf because you know how they feel? I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's, I've, I've kind of had that delusion of trying that, but I know like he did and like you mentioned, I would get super depressed just not being able to train like I want to train with being unhappy with what I see. But hey, that's part of it, right? That's mm -hmm. part of understanding what it's like for, for people that are struggling to lose weight. Yeah. And it's going to happen through all various stages of life. And I think understanding that the triggers that maybe create that environment to happen, especially now more than ever. Right. I think especially parents are, are home with their kids a lot more. There's maybe some pressures from work, unless, unless you work for a great company like I do where they, they truly understand and meet you where you're at. It's to be conscious of that and understand that, it's going to have an effect on you and it's going to be a lot more longer lasting than we might associate it with, or maybe give it credit for. Is there pressure in your company to be fit? From a corporation perspective, like position stand. It, I mean, I know John's not really involved anymore. Right. But, um, but, but he looks like great. Let's be honest. Yeah, Let's no, be honest. But it's culture, right? It trickles down. Mm. But who? I don't know who the new CEO is or who's running it, but you don't get a call like, hey, Adam, um, I understand we're in a quarantine, but we need to stop things <laughs> in a little bit. Like, enough with the hot pockets. Yeah. Oh, but they're lean and they're ham and cheese. So that's... Yeah, the ham and cheese is low fat. It's only seven grams of fat. <laughs> um, no, there, there's there's no directed pressures whatsoever. Our, our new CEO's executive chairman, Tim Jones, is a phenomenal leader. He's been with us for a number of years. Mark Zions is actually an elite level cyclist, and uh, you know takes care of his body. He's completely plant based, if I if I believe it correctly. And what's great about the process, it's almost I was I was talking about it earlier. You know, we call ourselves Precision Nutrition, but in reality, what we teach and what we practice by has nothing to do with precision. Everything is about progress. Everything is about moderation. Everything is about doing the best you can with what you have where you are. So personally, may I put more pressure on myself to be a award-winning nutrition coach that looks like John Berardi? I might, but I know that's not going to happen. But does it encourage me to maybe live a little bit more closer, uh, practice a little bit more frequent the things that I believe to hold to be true and to understand that, hey, I have a, a responsibility to the people I coach as well as my own family. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, none of that is, is directed whatsoever because I think that's what makes great coaching is understanding all of the intersecting factors that are affecting your physical health, your emotional health, social, existential, you know, all these aspects of the wheel we call deep health, uh, which makes it really great. But I mean, I'll be honest, if I was just a a regular old strength coach just cared about getting my totals up and my times down. I probably wouldn't worry about nutrition as much as I, as I do now. Yeah. Moderate nutrition doesn't have the same ring as precision nutrition. No. And good enough or almost there. <laughs> so, uh, which good but enough it's nutrition. I like yeah, that. 
No, you know, it, it, and, and I'd say it's pretty much the same in the, in the CrossFit space, but, you know, you show up to a, a seminar and you've packed on 20 or 30 pounds. You might hear about it from your colleagues, you know, and I think some of that is accountability. Some of that is your, your, your friends, you know, just giving you the business. But I think when you're in this, when you're in this space, be it nutrition, fitness, exercise, there's some, there's underlying pressure to look a certain way. But I think also we only get involved in this because we believe in it and want to do it ourselves. I don't, I don't know what comes first for me. I, I don't want to be overweight, the overweight nutrition coach, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I would never let myself get there because I really enjoy the act and the art and the, the principles of eating well and training right. Yeah. And within, within that combination, you're not only going to experience results, but other people are going to be able to see that. And they're going to be able to understand that like, Hey, he can have his donut and eat it too. Right. Or he can still train really, really hard. And I think that's where, you know, especially a lot of coaches recently, whether they've gone through PN level one or a level two certification, but they're strongly attached to maybe a more macro perspective instead of let's say hand-based portion sizes, what have you is you're creating that, experience or you're creating that opportunity for your clients to choose what's best for them, choosing your own adventure and realizing, yeah, Hey, go have a couple beers and indulge on a Friday or Saturday. But you also know that you've built in a foundational system of behaviors and eating strategies to allow you to do that and be completely happy with that. Choose your own adventure. Do they still make those books? You remember those? Those were awesome too. Yeah. Love them. Whatever happened to them, they need to come back. Maybe they're still out there and I just got older. Maybe. We should do, what are your thoughts on collaborating on a choose your own insert health, fitness, nutrition adventure? I love it. Any, any choose your own. I'm, I'm for. As long as people don't skip around like I used to do and just read the different, <laughs> read the different possibilities, you know? But those were always my favorite books. What, yeah. what, what are the books that an eight-year-old are like? They get us. Do they get a summer reading list still? Like, is he? Does he have a list of books he has to read before heading to the third grade? Not yet. So uh, we're in a small town, like ten, fifteen thousand people, and they usually do like one book. Well, I'd say one book for the summer. Uh, last year was James and the Giant Peach. We haven't got one this year because hashtag COVID. Uh, so there's been other priorities like trying to get us back into school. But he is really into Captain Underpants right now and uh, Captain Awesome. So he's been doing really great with the graphic novels, like the comic book type stuff. And I know there's speculation on whether that's real reading or not, but my son will just take his books and go to work and he's reading them, he reads them to us. So we're enjoying that. My daughter, on the other hand, we're still in the five minute princesses and fairies bedtime stories. So we're working on that. I think the right answer is anything that's keeping them occupied and out of your hair while they're home for 24 hours is a success. Yeah, ex- ex- yeah, that uh, that's a big help, especially now when daddy needs to get some work done. And 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 even for that itself, like you know, like dad, you're working all the time, and I'm like, oh, guys, no, I am, but I'm not because you're just used to not seeing me for seven hours a day. Like I try and get all that done when you're not here. You're here, like you're in my house now, which is where work is. So we had a tough time like March and April to really understanding that, and I think we're settling into a good routine now. Is there school opening in the fall? So the school committee is actually voting today. And so for all the listeners out there, I'll be sure to report back. 
but over 80% of the town voted for a hybrid model. So it's looking like a Monday, Tuesday off, uh, excuse me, two days a week, three days off, however they slice it. So we'll find out, but Mass I'm in Massachusetts and uh, you know, changing some regulations, whatnot. So they're hoping for that. And then the college that my wife teaches at right now, um, we are live in class person with some subtle adjustments. Wait a sec. So a hybrid model to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense because you're exposed and like, what's the difference? Like that three days is not enough. It's not like a quarantine period. So some, if someone has it, they're spreading COVID whether there's three days off or, or zero days off. Yeah, so there's, there's been some interesting dialogue on that, right? Like, is it enough? Are they truly gonna deep clean as much as they say they will? Will it make a difference? Do we also open up the floodgates for more interactions? Because now essentially, let's say we do hybrid, my kids go to school Monday, Tuesday. So now they're collaborating with everybody on site, but then, now those people are exposed to more people who then are exposing to even more people. So I'm not a epidemiologist. I can't speak on, on the effectiveness of that or school committee member or governor, what have you, but we do have some challenging times ahead of us. And I think more than ever, we have to continually be adaptable and understand that things will change and they will change again. And if anything we've learned in the past five to six months is that, and we've got to be able to, to harness that to our fullest potential. Are you studying third grade math though to be prepared? Uh, my wife actually did pick me up some books for my birthday. So <laughs> we've got some workbooks and workshops up ahead. We're actually getting a dog uh, this Saturday. Oh uh, yeah? So I, what are you getting? Yeah. There you go. Check this guy out. You Look at that guy. Yeah. He's asleep on my lap. Yeah. We are getting a puppy. We tried getting a rescue, but everybody else wanted to get a rescue during COVID and they weren't allowing like interstate deliveries because of everything. So we're going with a uh, seven and a half week old uh, Red Fox Yellow Lab. And I, we were on a class yesterday offering, there's Zoom classes for everything now, Jason. So uh, we were on up. a pregnancy class last night, yeah. Whoa, congratulations yeah. on that. Oh, thanks, yeah, we're, Roz is just signing us up for every possible class we can we can take so why not you got to be prepared for everything so yeah yesterday we were on a family call with learn more about laboratory retrievers and so we're trying to figure that out so i have no idea what i'm getting myself into i know that i'm not cleaning the bathrooms anymore in the house i i told my wife i'll take care of the dog if you take care of the bathroom so i think i'm making out on top you'd be surprised i've had a lab and we've got a golden doodle now as well and lots of energy so you may drop a couple pounds because you're going to be walking a lot yeah, it's, it works out. Our, we have a dead end street. I think everybody's got a dog. So uh, you talked about battle tested earlier. I'm, I'm actually more than halfway through Andy Frisella's 75 hard. Have you seen that oh, yet? I've had numerous, my good buddy who's out here in Denver is currently doing it. And then another friend of mine reached out to me about it. What, what do you like about it? I'll tell you what, I love it the fact that it has challenged me to confront my excuses and actually tell me I do have time. Like I'm, I'm 39 days in and I have made 90 minutes of deliberate workout time in two different 45 minute segments. Like that's the, that's, that's the gist of it, right? You have to do two 45 minute yeah. uh, segments every day for 75 every day. days. 
one's got to be outdoors, which has been a little challenging. It's not, it's not hard. Like it's easy. You can go for a walk for 45 minutes, like wait, like I have a weighted vest. I do, you know, I've got a prowler. I've got a, I got an erg, like I do stuff in the driveway, but it's like when you don't get that outdoor workout in and then it's like 10 o'clock at night and you're like, I got to turn on the garage light and I'm outside in the mosquitoes and I got to get it done. So 45 minutes inside, at least one outside, a gallon of water. Uh, you got to follow a diet plan, no cheats or alcohol, and you got to read 10 pages a day and a progress photo every day. And all of those little tasks, they can add up. But if you just get back into a rhythm and routine, which has helped me, uh, it's, it's been going really well. So the, the 10 pages can be any book. Nonfiction, professional development, so to speak. Non- yeah. uh, and then the diet can be any diet so long as you stick to it? Correct. Although if you ask the purists, right, like I'm sure you've dealt with with carnivore and other diets, um, they'll tell you that like you can't just do if it fits your macros because as people just try and fit anything they can in there. So there's a lot of ambiguity there. Um, I know what I got to do and I know I can keep to that. So that's my, you know, battle tested flag there. But yeah, anything you want. And you're enjoying it? I am. I'm over the hump now. So yeah, I feel like sorry. Exactly halfway, right? Yeah, I feel sorry for, I feel, I don't know. It sucks if you fail after coming this far. So, so um, and what would that be? If you miss one of those things, you're done? Done. Done. There's no like make up this day. It's you're back to zero. Back to the top. And so, you know, like, you know, you join the Facebook support groups and, and people are really like bummed out like day 22 and I fell asleep and I still had five ounces of water to drink. Right. And you're like, ugh. That, so if, if that's what you miss out on, right. Like it's like, if you're going to miss anything, the 45 minute workout. Yeah. And, and, but even to go back into like uh, how people have been able to cope in a good way, right. Of like establishing new routines and, and schedules, like a lot of those tasks you can bang out right away. Like get up, read 10 pages, take a photo, get a workout in, boom, that's three done. Right. And then the, the dieting and the, the no alcohol thing, like that can be managed, find a, a schedule, your next workout. Uh, the water thing, I'll be honest, was kind of challenging. Cause like, I'm all about like drinking about half your body weight in ounces per day. Like that's what I tell my athletes, but you know, a gallon, you, you can't, I'm carrying the jug again. Like I was back that's in high school. Right over by my stormtrooper helmet. There's my right gallon. There, over there. there yeah. it is. Yeah, you got to got some work to do there, coach. But uh, yeah, after a week of that, I was like, okay. But man, there's been some days it was like six o'clock at night, and I probably cracked, you know, a couple Coke zeros that you can't count, and I still got three quarters of a gallon. And I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, pounding water like the old days. Yeah. So, and so that's that's good. I've heard a lot of good things about it. I think people could check it out. But that's a lot of training, an hour and a half a day for 75 days. I mean, granted that outdoor stuff. For a lot of people, it's probably going for a walk or like you said, you know, that's going to be when you take your dog for a walk probably for the next 30 days. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be good. I started off pretty strong. Like I got some massive blisters, like on the soles of my feet and my, I, you know, just I'm all in, you know, so I throw on the vest at 30 pounds and I'm like, all right, I'm going to progressively overload. And, you know, so I do a weight training session in the garage at night and I would do the walk in the morning. But I think what's been great about it is just the autonomy to choose. Like, you know, some days it's like, Hey, I'm going to do this 45 minute yoga. All right, cool. Or, 
I'm going to do a strongman workout in the, you know, outside or like yesterday I went for a run and I did intervals and I'm like, all right, like get it done, check it off and then go to work. But yeah, having the dog, I think will, uh, will help that. You know, and it's amazing too. I think for so many people, if they start that, they'd be like, I can't fit in an hour and a half. And meanwhile, 75 days later, they've done an hour and a half. You know, it seems like this immense amount of time, but it's, it's working for them. You there, Adam? I see you blinking. Yeah, I hear you now. Oh, I was saying you were just like, it looked like you were frozen, but I think you were actually just deep in thought for a second. So saying an hour Always. and a half seems overwhelming for a lot of people, but it turns out they can make it happen. It kind of eliminates your ability to make excuses. Yeah, and again, it's, it's made me a better coach because I've, I've learned to accept the challenges that are in your day, right? But I've also kind of challenged myself and I've challenged you know, some of the kids I work with. Like, again, it's, it's evaluating priorities. It's going back to your identity and your values. And you know, shoot, I was on vacation and we go to, uh, my wife's family has like, we go tenting, camping in uh, Lake Winnipesaukee, New Hampshire. We're literally like on an island, 20 minutes away from the mainland and in a tent. And I'm like, how am I going to make this work? So I brought a jump rope or I brought my weighted vest and that was it and got it done. But like drinking water, that was the hardest thing I did. I was trying to make excuses because we didn't have any potable drinking water. So I had to bring seven gallons with me and cut the excuses out. So it's been a good refresh for me. I, I, I've been better, harder because of it, as Andy would say. Awesome. I'm glad to hear it. Well, you got to get a workout in. You got to go. I haven't seen you drink any water during this hour. So Done. you need to, because I try to, I try to taper my water by about five, six o'clock at night or yeah. else I'm up peeing all night. So I get ahead of it early in the day. So one thing we just have to mention is if you go over to precisionnutrition.com forward slash, it's a forward slash. We agreed on that? I think so. It's, it's leaning forward. It's leaning forward. So precisionnutrition.com forward slash best hour. You'll get to see a nutrition calculator that was exclusively set up for us the access to this calculator for the best hour listeners what what do you know what they can get out of this calculator yeah so if you are a coach looking to give your clients macros and understand how macros are implemented into our hand-based portion sizing sample recipes uh, it's an incredible pdf to help you and your coaches and clients really get a good game plan for performance. So it's something I use with the athletes I work with and uh, gives you insights on how you can kind of tweak things, where they are right now, what their activity levels are, how you want them to eat, how they want to eat, carnivore, keto. I don't think we have carnivore on there, but change, change the percentages, how many meals, it's going to take care of you. So I know we didn't talk a lot about nutrition, but this was a good chat, just catching up and talking about life and, and what's been new. So I look forward to the next one, Jason. Yeah, you know, it's nice just to talk Star Wars and, uh, and, and water, really, if, when given the opportunity. But, you know, for those interested in carnivore, it's very similar to keto percentages. So if you go over to precisionnutrition.com forward slash best hour and you know someone that's interested in the keto kind of lifestyle, it's, it's very similar to carnivore. I'm taking in a ton of fat, moderate amount of protein, zero carbs for the most part. I have a couple, couple pieces of gum. When I, when I work out, I like to chew gum. So that's about one carb a day. Other than that, wow. I'll I tell you what, I feel very good. I feel very good. I would good. love 
I'd love to hear more on our next chat on kind of maybe some metrics you took or performances. And uh, I can only get so much by, by following uh, Smelly's Instagram account and listening to Joe. So, As you know, with doing um, experiments and having to keep everything clean and all that, I've probably not done that well enough because the quarantine was a little, you know, my, my body was coming into this a little bit biased. My training was off, but... Mm -hmm. But yeah, we'll definitely chat about it. I'm enjoying it. Um, I wouldn't say if you're listening to dive in just because I'm enjoying it after three weeks, but you know, do some research and, and as, it, as it progresses, I'll, I'll keep everybody posted. Three weeks. That's solid, man. It you was kinda, uh, you got yeah, over three the weeks yesterday. And I've really not, there's not been one moment where I've been like, I don't want to do this anymore. You, your, your taste change. I'm a, I'm a, snacker at night like we said like whether it's watching marvel or the umbrella academy which maybe i'll start tonight i'm i'm a i like to chill out that's my you know chubby by nature i like to refer to it as when i'm like so i'm having salami instead of peanut butter or i'm having you know jerky instead of nuts and more so it's good and, and one thing i love about it for me is it's basically a, a very significant elimination diet that's really what it is, right? Like you're not having anything but meat. And I had a little bit of cheese, which is by definition part of this carnivore diet on Saturday. And until yesterday, I was having like acid reflux, which I've never oh, had. Oh man. Never had it. It was just like something's in my chest. So it was interesting to say, hey, you, you know, by really eliminating everything, now I'm finding out what my body's not happy with. What's your favorite meal? on this so far? The thing that you like to cook the most, or I should say eat the most? Chicken wings. Chicken wings. My wife makes them. We've bought it, the party packs of them at Costco. Or Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, and chicken wings are college food, right? We, like, Love that it. Just re that reminds me of, you know, eating and, and enjoying college, but chicken wings are just delicious. I throw, I do put Frank's on there. I don't know if that's considered perfect carnivore i think you're good i mean i was gonna ask if how you flavored it, if you do a dry rub or frank's red hot so i'll, I'll give you, you the pass on that one yeah there's zero of anything in there yeah so I, i've had somebody on the show that's like super strict nothing and then i've had other people talk about how they you know if there's sauce on it no big deal so long as yeah. it's meat and like we've said it's got to work for you if if you're so strict that you don't put frank's on and the diet lasts three days you know it probably wasn't a good idea to cut frank's out and i could yeah. drink I think I would might start a hard 75 challenge where you have to drink a bottle of Franks every day. I, uh, I've been known to take a couple shots of hot sauce during the day <laughs> to kickstart the metabolism. So you let me know when you want to start. All right, we'll do it. So precisionnutrition.com forward slash best hour. This has been Adam Fight, um, precision nutrition expert, coach. What's your doctorate going to be in? It's going to be in sport and exercise psychology. Dude, that's exactly, where are you doing that? I am doing that at Springfield College in Massachusetts. I, I almost am... went to Springfield. No way. Undergrad. Yeah, wrestling. I got recruited to yeah. wrestling. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, great program. To... Yeah, I didn't want to uh, go there. The, there was a D3 program, but it was you know legit. Really, yeah. very legit team. So, you, so you're going, because that's something I'm really, I was just talking to my buddy about. I'd love to find an online doctorate program for that. I've got my master's. But I can I can recommend a few. Mine was in person, so we actually my wife teaches there now, so you know we're living like 15 minutes away from campus. 
Um, but yeah, there's some good, there's some other good opportunities out there. I'll, I'll send you a list. And, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm writing my discussion right now. I've done my dissertation. I'm going to clean this up. Hopefully, uh, by the next time we chat, uh, if not the second time we chat on our reoccurring series, uh, we're going to be Dr. Coach Adam. So I'm fired up, man. I'm looking forward to it. I want to have you on for the first time you're on a show. I know you're on many podcasts where you're the doctor. Okay, Here's what I'll do. Yes. As soon as I get my defense scheduled, because there's a lot happening right now with the return to school. So, you know, graduating Adam isn't on their priority list, which I guess I understand. As soon as I successfully get out of there, I'll post the photo and then I'll tag you and I'll be like, all right. And we'll, Man, we'll do guys, it as soon as we can. You know, you're impressive. You got two kids. You're teaching basically and having to learn. You just have to stay a day ahead of the kids, right? That's really all it comes down to. But These teaching, days, it's like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> teaching, finishing up your doctorate. I mean, married, working for PN, taking on clients, changing up your nutrition, doing the hard 75. It's impressive, dude. It's impressive. I, am, uh, I appreciate you coming on despite all you got going on. And, and now maybe the, the highest accolade, the biggest and coolest thing you're doing is a new pup. You know, so what are you going to name it? Ooh, we're going, uh, so we've got a female, um, and we're going to go with Ruby, Ruby Rue, so. Like, um, what's the song? Is that what it's after, the, like the 90s song? I could see Ruby, Ruby, well, I don't know uh, what song. We weren't, we weren't thinking that, but my son said. Ruby Tuesday? I like Ruby Tuesday salad bar back in the day. Oh, that was that was the best when you thought you were eating healthy. You and can't you're just you, slamming blue cheese on everything. Uh, and the croutons. You cannot discount the croutons are amazing. But yeah, I haven't been to a salad bar in months. I don't think those well, are gonna be coming back anytime soon. I was soon. gonna say I don't think they exist anymore. But well, good luck with Ruby this weekend. Thanks, my, man. My piece of advice as a dog owner my entire life is dogs are inherently good. They are only bad when they need exercise. That's easy to do with fit guys like us, right? Yeah, just exercise. We have one other. Our doodle is insane. But you take her for a three, six-mile walk, she's a different dog. And this one can just sleep all day. But, you know, exercise. It's not the dog's fault. It's your fault. There you go. That's all my advice for you, Adam. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, best of luck with your dissertation. I'll see you. Next time I see you, it'll be Dr. Adam Fight. I'm hoping, my man. I'll do what I can. I'll see you on the other side. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. If you haven't already, do us a favor, head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself, hit us up, besthouroftheirday at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at besthouroftheirday. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. Best hour of their day.